all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Thrupeer, on another fine, fabulous, fantastic, fiery, feisty sort of Friday for Torch Report 491, The Prudence to Resist. Friends, today we will be evaluating the nexus of communism, sympathy, and mental manipulation. This is going to be fun, it's going to be informative, and it's going to be an action-packed podcast. So let's go ahead, and it's Friday morning, I want to go ahead and open up with a drum roll, please! The commies are taking over the world! (laughs) Oh, friends, if you doubt me, please see Exhibit A in the report today from the Communist News Network, CNN. We've got the headline, China has a sweeping vision to reshape the world, and countries are listening. The countries all around the world are listening to China's sweeping vision to reshape the world. It's lies. Lies, I tell you, friends. But you must see it with your own eyes. And so, hey, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com. Check out thetorchreport.com, and you'll see this spiffy screenshot of Xi Jinping there with his sweeping vision to reshape the world. And before I step over this steaming heap of BS, let me just assure you, friends, that this fawning article from the Trusted News Initiative is not an anomaly. Not long ago, I was clueless to the tactics of communist ideological subversion. I remember being dumbstruck when it finally clicked that communism was a central concept in the founding of the United Nations. And all of the sudden, things began to make perfect sense. It made sense why the World Economic Forum and others hailed the Chinese Communist Party as the role model for the world. You see... Friends, those at the tippy top of the global power structure want to consolidate and centralize control over the whole of humanity. And communism is their vehicle for doing this. And the obvious question is why? Why, Luke? Tell me, tell me now! Why do the global elites want to use communism to uh, centralize power and control? And the answer is maybe less than obvious, but the answer is that it works. Now, Communism doesn't work in the sense that it delivers the, you know, the utopian, egalitarian, socialist fantasy spelled out by Marx, but it does work in the sense that it works through the trickery and deceit in order that, that it, you know, in order to exploit human vulnerabilities, they can trick people, deceive people with language, with hidden higher meaning and all that kind of stuff, and thereby condition the peasants to trust the government and sacrifice themselves for the sake of the so-called greater good. Now, we've seen this skit before, have we not? Time and again in history... People buy into the lies. They believe that they can get something from nothing. If they just vote for the for the government to take money from some people, then they can get something from nothing. Uh, It's the trickery and deceit. It's the exploitation of human vulnerabilities that makes this happen. Uh, I think that historical evidence makes it abundantly clear that it it works. Again, that you know the masses are easily duped. People want to believe that they can get something for nothing, and they, they're happy to believe that they have a right to do so, right? It's, it's my right, you know? People want to believe 
that the reason they don't have what other people have is because, well, life is not fair. It's because they're victims of some, uh, you know, oppressor, some systemic injustice, you know, some other conjured sense of, you know, whatever the hell, BS, you know. And ultimately, I think if you just boil it down to the basic brass tacks, in essence, communism exploits laziness. And maybe a little more devious than that, communism exploits ego, you know, specifically by pushing the emotional button of sympathy, communism exploits ego. Sympathy, friends, sympathy is an insidious emotion. It's on par with greed and rage and arrogance. And I say that being well aware that most people probably don't see it that way. Sympathy's nice. Sympathy's caring about other people, right? Wrong! Now, I want to take a minute to explain myself here because I, I think it's really important to kind of wrap our heads around what sympathy is and how it works to serve the communist aim. First juncture in our nexus here. I want to start with the definition of, of uh, sympathy per the dictionary. Sympathy is a feeling of pity or sorrow for the distress of another. Okay, according to the dictionary, sympathy is a feeling of pity or sorrow for the distress of another. That doesn't sound so bad. What's the big deal, Luke? Friends, we're going to dig into this, but uh, I want to take a moment to ask you to consider how sympathy feels in the body. You know, we feel emotions in our body. So what does the physiological sensation of sympathy feel like? How do you feel when you feel pity or when you feel sorrow? Is this a positive or a negative emotion? And I think the answer is obvious. It's a negative emotion. Pity and sorrow does not feel good. It's a heavy heart, right? And if you extend that thought out and think, well, how does it feel when you feel pity or sorrow for someone else? And this is where the trickery comes in. Okay. Oh, those poor, poor people. I bet they're hungry. I bet they're cold. I bet they need some help. Hey, I bet I can help them. You know, how does that feel? Oh, now all of a sudden it feels empowering, does it not? It elevates one's sense of self, even one's sense of purpose, above the status of those poor, helpless victims. Pause. Have you heard that story? of the panhandler out there working on the street corner, wearing all those shabby clothes, looking all rough and ragged and somber and downtrodden, holding out a hand for some spare change and just a little human kindness. You know that story? The guy who then walks around the block, slips into his BMW and makes his way home to some plush pad out in the suburbs. Have you heard that story? Surely you've heard the tale, even if it's only anecdotal. Have you ever seen those signs? And say, don't feed the wild animals. <laughs> they got them pretty much in every park everywhere, right? So why do you think that is? Why do you think people keep forking over their hard-earned cash to the bums on the street corner, knowing damn good and well that the money's most likely going to get spent on booze or drugs? The answer is sympathy. Sympathy, like all emotions, distorts reality. It activates a non-logical part of the brain. The biochemicals released when we feel sympathy feeds the story mechanisms of our mind. And the outcome ultimately is that we believe 
what we feel is real, right? And it doesn't really matter if the story is accurate or not. Oh, that poor helpless bum, they just need that, they just need a little helping hand, you know? And thus, because it doesn't matter, you know, we believe what we feel, it doesn't matter if it's real, the panhandlers remain well fed, okay? Now, uh, now on to the, <laughs> about those poor helpless victims and on to the commies here. Uh, according to the National Library of Medicine, sympathy provokes pro-social behavior and provides a foundation for moral development. This is the way the experts say it. They say, quote, sympathy is thought to be a proxy for motivating pro-social behavior and providing the effective and motivational base for moral development, period, end quote. Now, if you think about it, it kind of seems like that would play right into the commie schemes, doesn't it? You know, you think about it, you know, pro-social behavior equates to sacrificing oneself for the sake of the greater good, regardless of the reasons for doing so are completely bogus or not, which usually they are, but not always. Uh, But critical thinking does not apply here, you know? It's just, oh, it's for the greater good, you know? And similarly... Since the communists are avowed atheists, sympathy as a raw emotion becomes the substitute for religious moral development. Friends, this is an intentional hijacking of human nature. The, the, the entire premise of the communist manifesto is built upon the seductive lie that the whole of history of mankind has been a struggle between the ruling and oppressed classes, which, if you think about this, oh, this poor oppressed classes, this, this whole of history struggle between the ruling class and the oppressed classes that immediately elicits the emotion of sympathy, and thus it immediately shuts down critical thinking. The manifesto goes on to say, and I'll read a little excerpt here for you, quote, The history of these class struggles forms a series of evolutions in which, nowadays, a stage has been reached where the exploited and oppressed class, the proletariat, it cannot attain its emancipation from the sway of the exploiting and ruling class, the bourgeois, without, at the same time, and once and for all, emancipating society at large from all exploitation, oppression, class distinction, and class struggle. Period. End quote. Uh, just to put it bluntly, that's hogwash. Okay, that's just hogwash. You know, ask yourself, how does the oppressed class go about emancipating society once and for all from all exploitation, all oppression, all class distinction, and all class struggles. How in the hell does the oppressed class go about emancipating society once and for all at large? Friends, the answer is simple. They cannot. Just in case it's not obvious, nobody can, right? Emancipating society at large from all exploitation once and for all? I mean, it sounds nice. But never gonna happen. It ain't never, 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 never gonna happen. So, you know, if you think about it, to try to achieve this utopian fantasy, it would require the eradication of human nature. You know, class distinction and class struggles, what are those? Well, these are the natural manifestations of the various stratifications of human capacity and character. Okay, again... 
The desire to emancipate humanity from such distinctions is nothing more than wishful thinking. It's, it's illogical, it's irrational, it's incongruent with reality. And so this too is never going to happen. It ain't never going to happen. And the point I'm making here is that Marx understood this, as do all the communists, including the Chinese Communist Party and the rest of the ruling class elite. So they've got this great vision to unify the world. It ain't gonna happen. You know, they don't actually intend to deliver on their promises. They know full well they cannot deliver on their promises. Instead, what they're doing is they are intentionally leveraging a potent combination of envy, sympathy, and greed to get out the vote and thus wrest by degrees political control from the hands of existing leaders. It's a brilliant political strategy. More directly... The communists exploit negative emotions to consolidate power and control. And again, it's brilliant because it works, and you one need only to look around to see uh, the, the evidence that it works. So, at the risk of sounding like a broken record here, friends, I do want to point out uh, three more aspects of the commie strategy before moving on. For those who may not know, the first step of the communist revolution is to win the battle of democracy. What? I thought we were fighting for the democracy. No, the commies are fighting for democracy. Fact. The second thing I want to point out is that communists are working to unite the democratic parties of all nations. Wait a minute. I thought that we were trying to unite the dem democratic parties of all nations. No, it's the commies. Now, third thing that I want to point out is that their ultimate aim, the ultimate aim of the communists and the communist manifesto, they say that they, they disdain to conceal their views and their aim. The ultimate aim is to forcibly overthrow all aspects of existing society, okay? That's no small goal, right? Uh, and lest anyone be deceived by their flowery language, the end goal is to rule the world. That's what the communists say. They want to be the ruling class, and they firmly believe that they have a world to win. Straight, you know, in their own word, is right there. So in reality... I think anybody, you know, clear thinking person can see that their delusions are really all about power and control. They're promising things they cannot deliver. What they're really doing is tapping into emotion, manipulating the masses to, to, to instigate and catalyze mob rule, get the majority of ignorant peasants to vote for this idea that they can get something from nothing. And friends, if you want proof of that, uh, Torch Report 287, The Rise of Global Democracy, I put that in there just to really drilling, drilling down on the fact that it's the communists that are advancing democracy, not Democrats, okay? Uh, the useful idiots believe otherwise, but ne nevertheless, that's the historical fact. And uh, actually, if you really want to understand the commies' tactics and how these strategies are, are driving American politics today and the global agenda at large, you might enjoy brushing up on several of the reports I put in, uh, in today's report a slew of them there for you. And if there is any doubt that this is highly relevant to our current circumstance, friends, please refer back to Exhibit A, Xi Jinping and his, his glorious plan to unite the world. Or, better yet, please refer directly to Exhibit B. Uh, in the report today is a picture of me, your favorite fuzzy peasant, standing in front of the U.S. White House pointing at a commie flag. When I say the communists are taking over the world, I'm not making it up. It's not hyperbole. Uh, it's not sensationalism. It's a cold, hard fact. But I want to come at it from a little bit different angle here. I want to look at it through the lens of memetics and fifth generation warfare 
And from that angle, from the angle of memetics and, and psychological warfare, I think communism is perhaps best thought of as an infectious mental disease. That's what memetics uh, expounds upon, right? This infectious mental disease. The ideas of communism and socialism and progressivism and collectivism or whatever the hell label you want to use, these isms, they exploit the same emotional vulnerabilities. And this is how these ideas are able to disarm the logical mind and spread throughout society. This, friends, is also the proper understanding of being woke as well. It's a, it's a mental infection. Same goes for the, uh, the mind virus behind some of the radical rhetoric out in today's headlines. I don't know if you caught the, the headline about uh, the Palestinian Rosa Parks. She's been hailed by a hero in the mainstream media, and now she's been arrested after calling for people to drink the blood of Jews. <laughs> what? You know, how warped and twisted do you have to be? Would anyone in their right mind ever call for people to drink the blood of Jews? It's just sick. And yet, everywhere we look, we see an increasing number of people exhibiting completely delusional behavior in increasingly bizarre ways. Friends, I'm here to tell you this is not by accident. This is the direct result of mind control in the clinical sense. It's the mood management and emotional manipulation of targeted populations that our government has warned us about. I did put a screenshot in here of govinfo.gov talking about these space-based weapon systems directed at individuals or targeted populations for the purpose of mood management and mind control. Never mind that. Deeper than that, it's the transformation of human consciousness as uh, recently discussed by yours truly, uh, which, if you think about the transformation of human consciousness, this is an extension of memetics and the embedded social ideas that, uh, that come through psychological warfare. Along with this, it's, it's the advent of highly advanced technological weapons like the NeuroStrike brain weapons uh, that we were learning about here recently. Even the mainstream media has taken note of these new NeuroStrike brain weapons. Uh, and guess who's got them, right? Quote from the Washington Times, July 7th, 2023, they say, and I quote, China's People's Liberation Army is developing high technology weapons designed to disrupt brain function and influence government leaders or entire populations, according to a report by three open source intelligence analysts, period, end quote. Uh, again, friends, it's not speculation. You can't make this stuff up. But I believe that was, m m m what must be emphasized here as we wrap this up, friends, is that all these fancy new tools for generating psychological disturbances and influencing emotion. Uh, with all this stuff out there, the human mind is like a sitting duck for mental manipulation. And if we add to that centuries of understanding how to exploit human nature, uh, and then all of that understanding and research has been fed into the weaponized artificial intelligence, that is uh, artificial intelligence, uh, forgive my enunciation, we think about that weaponized AI that's currently being used to reprogram the whole of humanity. Friends, if you put that all together, I think you'll begin to understand why I place so much emphasis on the importance of elevating our inner awareness. In order to overcome the exploitation and manipulation, we must first become aware of it. China has a vision for reshaping the world, and let me tell you, it starts by reshaping your mind. Friends, 
It would be prudent to resist. And don't forget to tell your friends, resist we must. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Find the heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with someone. Share it with anyone. Share it with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this fine, fabulous, fantastic Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.